Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Wow. Said first service, uh, you know, these last few weeks, there's been a lot of lasts. The last time I'll do this or the last time I'll do that. And then in that service, I said, this is like really the last. But that wasn't really it. <laughs> this is really the last. <laughs> this is the last time we will gather together in this red warehouse. And what an amazing thought. Um, that song right there, Dare You to Move, I'm pretty sure we were trying to decide today. That was either on our opening day we sang that song. Um, it was, somebody saying yes? It was. Okay, thank you. So on our opening day, that was the message that we wanted to give. That God had dared us to move, literally, right, from Michigan to come out here to leave everything to start this church. And then we were going to ask everyone, would you consider God's call to all of us to be willing to take the dare to, to move in whatever step that is that he has for you? to continue to take steps of faith so that we can actually really get to know the living God. And here we are 10 and a half years later, and he's daring us to move again. <laughs> yeah. And we're going with him. We're going to do it. And I just, uh, I want to tell you, um, can't wait to spend this time with you today. So I, I will say, as I've been going through this, man, obviously, I, I think everybody I've talked to um, through these last few weeks has a combination, right, of I, I tell you, this last 24 hours that we spent was fantastic. There's so much excitement about what God's doing, and yet there's a real sadness um, because God's medicine this place. He's really done some fantastic things here. But as I, I reflected and I, as I went through the, some of the things that, uh, that hit me in preparation for this day, it made me remember uh, initially, I went all the way back to when I was 11. Sitting in a church service, it's crazy for me to think that when I gave my life to Jesus as an 11-year-old boy, he knew that this was going to happen. Do you guys know that? Like he knew in that moment, I've created you, Dave Nelson, and I'm going to redeem you and I'm going to save you because I have a purpose for your life. Obviously, I had no idea <laughs> what he was going to do. And I want to remind every single one of you in this room, when you receive Jesus Christ, he had a vision and he has a plan for your life. And then it made me remember receiving the call to ministry, which was really scary, man, because the last thing anybody wants to be is a pastor, right? How many of you said, man, I'd love to be a pastor? I remember I was, I was scared to death because my whole life I just thought pastors were weird, you know? My pastor back home I grew up with said, there's males, females, and pastors. It's kind of this weird sex. And if you ever wonder if it's true, like, I can't tell you how many stories. As soon as someone finds out what I do, I'm com treated completely different. I'll be, I'll be getting my hair cut. They're cutting my hair and stuff, and then they'll be like, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not lying, man. They cut my hair more gently, you know, because pastors are fragile. <laughs> I remember, man, that was freaky to think that a guy who wanted to coach football was going to be called to instead um, teach people about Jesus. I think about my 13 years at Kensington, our mother church who planted us. I had never known ever in my life that there were churches that existed that were born, created, planted for the sole purpose of reaching lost people. And what a joy to be trained up there for 13 years so that we could bring that type of church 
here to Salt Lake. I remember my prayer, because I married Susie, right? She's from Colorado, Idaho, Montana. She was always able to walk out her back door and climb a mountain. So I married her and moved her to the suburbs of Detroit. (laughs) Sucked the life right out of her, man. And that's not kidding. And I remember I was praying, then, Lord, if you ever want us to move west, I will. And what was interesting is I found out later Susie was praying the same thing. (laughs) But she told me, she said, Dave, I was. She said, but I can tell you this, every city that I imagined that I prayed about possibly going uh, out west, she goes, I never once thought of Salt Lake. (laughs) Just was not on the radar. I remember getting the winds of change for the first time. And I remember telling my new bride, it's like, hey, listen, I don't know. I, I know we're just getting to know each other, but I just got to tell you, in my walk, and I'm going to tell you, if you walk with Jesus at all, ever, you will have winds of change. That's what I call them. There are these stirrings that start creeping up in your heart where it's like, oh boy, something's on the horizon. And I remember in the midst of having those winds, getting Luther's phone call, <laughs> right? Dave, would you ever consider planting a church? My wife and I would love to see something happen in Salt Lake City. And I, what's crazy, you guys, if it wasn't for Luther and Rebecca and their passion, none of us would be sitting here today. Would you give them a round of applause just real quick? Thank you for that. And I think it's quite appropriate that this church would not exist if it wasn't for football. So take that. Um, I remember uh, once we finally knew that this is what we were supposed to do, that God made it really clear to me, don't ask anybody to join you. You go. You cast vision and let me do the asking. And what an unbelievable experience that was to have 30 people say, I will sell my home and quit my job, and I'll move across the country. You guys... To sit in that new auditorium to know that 1,300 people come here on a regular basis and all that started with 30 people. That's all God needs. He just needs a small, minute group who will say, I'll do anything God asks me to do. Would you guys just last time, would you give them a round of applause for that 30 people who stepped out to come out here and start this thing? I remember when Eric and I began looking for properties, um, we actually started looking here. We went over to there where our kids are at now, and we walked up, and uh, uh, it was an automated business systems, and we went up to the third floor. It was really funny, too. I walked into the corner office where, where all the windows are, and uh, the guy who owns the property, Lee, Lee, uh, Lee it was, uh, was at, that was his corner office. And I remember looking at Eric and jokingly say, someday this is going to be my office. And it was. <laughs> and, um, and now our fifth and sixth graders are up there. But the cool thing was, um, Bill Young is the first guy I ever met when I moved here. Bill's the pastor of the Rock here. And, uh, and so when we were looking at, at this property, I had lunch with him one day, and he was trying to find a place downtown. And everything was falling apart, so he said, you know, we're going to finally look at a new location. I said, well, where's that? And he said, 2100 South, 195 West. I'm like, oh, that's where we're looking. And classic Bill Young, he goes, oh, well, then we won't even look. I'm like, Bill, we haven't even moved out there yet. <laughs> And this guy was willing to completely give up a property that would work for him because we were just thinking about it. He's an amazing guy. When we moved out here, obviously they took the building, and then when we moved out here, we were meeting in homes, and we still couldn't find a place. And Bill said, hey, our service meets on Saturday night. Why don't you guys meet here on Sunday morning? 
And so we did, and we started sharing that together. And when we finally really needed to be a spot, Bill just said, you know what? The scriptures say that God blesses brothers who dwell in unity. And he let us stay here and, and have our services here. Can you guys give a round of applause to The Rock and to, to Bill Young? Huge. I remember when we first started, there was actually a wall right there, right, with those, where those beams are. <laughs> so we were only in this portion. I think there was like a boat and a bunch of, just that back thing was just storage. And um, so we went around and we put flyers, uh, 10,000 flyers on people's doorsteps. And this was the flyer right here. Isn't that awesome? Take the ride of your life <laughs> with a pew with roller coaster things coming down. And... Um, and we did what everybody else does. I mean, anybody who's back then, at least when you started churches, you just kind of let people know you're coming. We're going to do the same thing, right? When we get ready out here, we're going to hand you flyers, and we're going to ask you to put these on people's door handles. You guys, it was insane. I couldn't even get home, and people had already emailed me and were getting a hold of me because they wanted to know about this place. And when we opened our doors on September 26, 2004, for the first time, you never know, right? You never have any idea if anybody's ever going to show up. And so we're in here, and we're getting ready, and there's some people coming in. It was great. And then I walked out in the parking lot, and I looked. And sure enough, man, cars were lined up down that little thing and lined up on 2100 South to get in. I ran back in, and Rutt was doing the prelude. I'm like, do it again. Do it again. They're coming. They're coming. And on that first day, we filled up this whole warehouse on our first day. It was unbelievable. And here, yeah, I mean... And, and, and there wasn't a soul on our team who thought that was going to happen. And here's what's been crazy. It's for 10 and a half years. God has done nothing. And it's a, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't get it. It's his call on this unique body here. This, every Sunday, there are new people who walk through these doors who have been disenfranchised, cast out, totally disengaged with God, didn't grow up with him at all, who are broken, whose marriages are falling apart, and they walk through these doors. You know what's so crazy? Right after the first service, Gallery Connections team comes up and says, I met nine new people this morning, first time. So welcome. If you're here for the first time, we're leaving. So thank you. You got here just in time. And then I, mean, I just want to tell you, the last 24 hours that we spent in the, in the prayer and worship in our new facility, unbelievable to me what God's doing. So here's a passage I just kind of want to walk you through really quickly this morning. Um, it's the, uh, as soon as I thought about today, it was like, say this. It was just, this is my heart, and I think it's God's heart. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 1, starting with verse 12. Paul says this, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. And I just want to tell you, man, I'm serious. I don't know about you guys. My whole, like, I didn't want to receive Jesus. <laughs> I didn't want to fully, after I'd received Jesus, I didn't want to fully surrender to Jesus. And then when he wanted me to do ministry, I didn't do want to do ministry for Jesus. Is anybody else like that? Like, I don't ever want to do what he wants me to do. <laughs> but when I said yes to him, I found, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I was created to do. <laughs> Can I just encourage all of you in this room? My guess is that when God calls you to do something, you're not going to go, that's exactly what I wanted to do. 
It's God's, you guys. It's probably going to be something completely different. But I want to tell you, man, that's why with Paul, I thank Christ Jesus, who's given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointed me to this service. And, and I, I just want to tell you, here's one thing I've learned. Matthew 16, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. I cannot tell you, I've been telling you for 10 and a half years, I'm going to tell you again as clear as I can today. Lose your life for Jesus and for his sake. I dare you to move. I mean it with all my being. I'm serious, you guys. Like, sorry, but I, it was so weird sitting in that little auditorium and I've been trying to find every one of our original 30. Susie Rutledge, can you believe this? Can you believe this? That he just took 30 wimpy little people and he's not done. He's just, he's exploding. And this is what he says. He goes, I tell you, Jesus said, no one who has left home or wife or brother or sister or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Do you guys get that? See, this is what's just blowing me away right now is all Jesus needs to do way more than you could ever ask or imagine is you taking up your cross, denying yourself, and giving it up to him and saying, I'll do anything you want me to do. And God will take your life and he will multiply it and he will change it unto eternal life. And yes, go ahead. You can clap, Ed. Go for it. And I can't help but think, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if all of us in this room say, Jesus, I'm yours. I'll do anything you want me to do. We have no idea. Because he says, I'll do more than you could ask or imagine according to my power at work within you. So, man, I just want to say thank you to Jesus. And then secondly, I also want to say, you guys... You, you need to know that the staff of this church, I cannot even begin to tell you how they have given up their lives. They have poured themselves out with energy and passion and love and service unto God and unto you. Would you please just give a huge round of applause to the staff here right now. And as well, I, I missed this first service, but I'm not going to miss it this time. You guys, give it up. Lad Chapman's here with us. Lad, stand up. Stand up. Yeah. Man, so much of this journey was taken with you, buddy. So much of it was taken with you. Thanks for being here today. I love you with all my heart. And then I just want to say thanks to all of you, though. Because this is the point. The church is every one of you. Every one of you are a cell in the body of Christ. And it's as each one of you is giving yourself up that this has any opportunity to do anything. So I just want to say thank you, man. Two Saturdays ago when we did our uh, volunteer servant training day, oh my gosh, it just blew. there were this many people in a room who are serving here at K2. So give yourselves a round of applause for all of you who are serving each other here. I mean... It's, it's just crazy to me 
now. Why? Why did God call us to move here to start this place? Why is he calling us to move two exits down south so we can be in a larger facility? It's because Paul goes on to say this. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. So Paul goes, man, I thank God that he appointed me to this service because I was totally out of control. I was violent. I was a persecutor. I was a blasphemer. And then, I mean, you guys, this is what's so great. And then he goes on to say this. Here's, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the, into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, of whom I'm the worst. But for this very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. So here's Paul, you guys, and, and, and I always love to talk to people because Paul, when he was Saul, he literally, as a self-righteous Jewish leader, was out there persecuting Christians and murdering them. <laughs> and that's the guy that, God, that Jesus, right, that God looks down and goes, that's my man right there. <laughs> now seriously, think about this. I love, when I, when I talk with some of you and you share with me, there's no way Jesus forgive, forgive, forgive me for this. Do you know what I've done? Oh, I can't even begin to share. I always just kind of want to go, so who, have you murdered somebody lately? If you haven't murdered somebody, you might not be ready for ministry. You know, here's what you need to know. The reason God chose Paul is he wanted to take the worst so that everybody else who would hear his story would go, oh my goodness. God could use me. God could use me. And I want to tell you, man, there's not a soul in this room that Jesus doesn't look at you and see as a beautiful, beautiful masterpiece that he would love to create, that he would love to redeem from you. And what Paul realized was the reason that he did this to me was what? Because it's not about me. It's about us. And what Paul realized was, oh, Jesus did this for me, and I'm so grateful, but the reason he did it was so that through me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. You guys, that's why we're here. We're here because over and over and over and over again, God has drawn people here to let them know he loves them, that he'll forgive them, and that he'll give them eternal life. So as we've been talking about, as we get ready here, as we've been talking about how we're going to get ready to move, let's think about this because again, I'm just going to pack up our box. Okay. So we're getting ready to go, but we've said there's some things that we're going to hold on to and we're never going to let go of. And what we've been talking about is eternal life. What we're going to take with us to this new location is Jesus because eternal life Don't forget this. It's not going to heaven. Eternal life, as Jesus defined it, it's when you know the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. It's when Jesus and his Holy Spirit get invested into your very being 
and radically transform you. God's call, Jesus called it, being born again, born of my spirit. You are a new creation in Christ. My spirit, the spirit of God that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, when you believe in him, you receive forgiveness of all of your sin. And then you receive the Holy Spirit of God. And now your spirit and Jesus' spirit is intertwined. That's eternal life. And so eternal life happens when? That's right. Life is now. So, and what is that life? The first thing we said that we're going to be taking with us is this. We are going to take with us Christ's love for us. Christ's love for us. And we're going to hold on to this. Right? He goes, you guys need power, actually, as we looked three weeks ago, to grasp the love of Christ because he doesn't ask anybody to clean themselves up. He's just looking for people who are murdering Christians, apparently. He's looking for people whose lives are absolutely unraveled so he can show them his love and give them grace and mercy and forgiveness and transform them by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, and that's what we're going to, we are going to hold on. We're going to take this to our new location and let as many people in this world know there is a love of Christ for you. You guys in? Yeah. All right, let's do it. We'll pack that puppy up. Yeah, you can clap if you want. Second thing we're going to take with us is Christ's love for the Father. We've got to grasp Christ's love. Well, if you grasp his love, here's what Jesus said. He goes, the world must learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what he commands me to do. I do exactly what he commands me to do. And I want to tell you, man, you will go on a journey. You will go on an adventure. If you actually say yes to God, look out, baby. He's going to take you places you've never dreamed. But that's the type of church we're going to be. We're going to be a church that says we actually do love him. We're not just going to say it. We're going to do it. And we're going to step out in radical faith where things may fail. We're going to sing oceans here later, right? We're going to step out, baby, where feet may fail because we're going to need God. You guys ready to be that type of church? Yeah. All right, let's do it. And then we're going to keep hold of Christ's love for each other. This cool statue of these people who are absolutely intertwined with one another. And the reason we got to do this is because Jesus told us, my new command I give you, I'm just going to read this one. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Guys, this is it right here. This, our unity with each other, taking the love that we've received from Jesus and then offering it to one another, this is what lets the whole rest of the world know that Jesus Christ is real. Did you guys know that? This, more than anything else, he says, if you guys are one, then the world will know that I came. And so we're going to hold on to this, man. We're going to make this a place where we heal each other because we give each other the grace that we've been given. We're going to forgive each other with the forgiveness that we've been given. We're going to speak truth to each other like the truth that Jesus spoke to us. All right? Let's create a community. Let's hold on to love for one another. You guys in? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Then we said, well, if you have eternal life, and that's Jesus, and he's living inside of you, then what does that eternal life look like? And what you realize is all Jesus does and all God does is what? Give and give and give and give. What is salvation? It's a gift. Isn't that beautiful? You didn't earn this thing. You didn't have to try to do anything. You received it as a gift. And when the Holy Spirit of God, who's a giver, gets inside of you, then what naturally, or I guess I should say supernaturally happens to you? You become a giver. 
And I want to tell you, man, at K2, we are going to hold on to this. We're going to value this because in 1 Timothy 6, as we, two weeks ago, we realized if you're going to take hold of the life that is truly life, then you must be generous and willing to share. So K2, we are going to be faithful with our finances because this reveals to the world that we're not about ourselves. We're about us, everybody. And this is us as well. When we're faithful with the resource God gives us, then we can do anything he asks us to do. You guys in? All right, let's do it. And then Jesus comes along the scene and he says, do you want to be great? Do you want to be great? How many of you guys want to be great? He says, if you want to be great, you got to look like this. (laughs) He goes, if you want to be great, then let me demonstrate for you what greatness is. And again, he took off all of his garments, wrapped a towel around his waist, and he washed the feet of his people. And he said, if you want to be great, then you have to be the servant of all. Because the Son of Man, he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You guys, the very beautiful thing about Jesus is he sets us free. And when you're free from yourself and you really have the love of God inside of you, all you want to do is think about, now how do I lift somebody else up? I tell you what, man, if we do this, not only will we be blessed because we'll be serving one another, but this community and everywhere else will be served. You guys in? All right, let's serve. Now, I'm going to grab a little out of order here, but this one right here. So now we're going to value, right? What's the prize we just learned last week, man? We're going to run the race and press on to win the prize for? Good, good, good. Glad that one worked. (laughs) The prize for people. That God calls us. He says, man, if you're going to run this race, when you get your prize in heaven, what is it? It's going to be people. There's nothing else, you guys, that we're taking with us. So how are we going to do that? And this is the one where we said, we are going to hold on to authenticity. And what does that mean? That means that you are no more, we are going to be a people who are never about our own self-righteousness. We're never going to be a people who say, hey, look at me and look how good I am. No, we're going to actually try to have the glass so you can look inside and go, oh my gosh, if anybody's truly a Christian, it's because they're a messed up, screwed up sinner whose life has fallen apart and Jesus Christ has forgiven them and given them his righteousness. That's what we are all about. That's why it's not about what we do. And so we're going to stop putting our masks on, stop trying to act like we got ourselves together. We're going to go ahead and be vulnerable and let God's grace come through and touch the real junk in our lives so that we will really know that we're sinners saved by grace. And that way, when somebody else runs out uh, into us out in the community, they can realize I too can be a sinner saved by grace. No self-righteousness. Can we all agree to that? No self-righteousness. Let's live the gospel. And then this one right here, we're going to make sure that every person in Salt Lake City knows that they're welcome. Everybody, right? Everybody in this valley. God couldn't make it more clear, man. I so love the world. There's not a soul that you know who Jesus didn't die for. And we will do everything we can to continue to make K2 a place, a safe place where that can happen. And then very briefly, this is our time, you guys. You're never going to live again. This is your time. And you live where? Here. And so we have a call that nobody else has, and it's the call to Salt Lake City, right? This is our city. 
This is our valley. And so whether it's Street Crew downtown or whether it's a Salt Lake City partnership, whether it's your workplace, wherever we go, we're going to be committed to make sure that anybody in this city has a chance to hear about Jesus Christ. You guys in? All right. And then he said, we're going to never let go of the hold, the hold of the call that God has on us for the world. We're going to be committed to Honduras, committed to Swaziland, committed to our, our program that feeds kids. We're going to always be giving God's love and grace to those who need it tangibly and the gospel in the world. All right? You guys in? So here we go. That right here, that's who we are. And that's who we will always be. Now let me just, my last thing. Why is this? Why? Why does Jesus want to do this? Because what he longs for, you guys, is that you and I would so know the love of God that we would actually see our sin so deeply that he would want to come and change us. And so here's one thing I want to ask you, actually, right before I close. All of you have a card on your chair. Would you guys grab that card? It looks just like this. It's got the box on here. Everybody got this? We've checked off love that we're going to hold on to love. We're going to hold on to life. We're going to hold on to the goal. Today we're talking about we're going to hold on for the ride. Here's what I want to ask you. As your leadership here at K2, we're going to fight like cats and dogs to never let go of these things. The love of Christ, eternal life, and the mission that he has for us. But here's my question for you. What are you going to hold on to? What are you going to hold on to? Because the church is what? Who is it? It's you. And so this is what we are going to be about as a church. But what I want you to write down on this card is I would love for you to write down uh, two things here. Um, Sorry, I just want to make sure. There it is. Two things. What are you going to bring into this next adventure? This is what we're holding on. What are you going to hold and say, man, I'm bringing this. This is what I'm bringing down to two exit south into this church. Write down your commitment of what you're going to hold on to. Can I just say, I think maybe for some of you in this room, it literally could be a new life in Christ. This would be my last chance to say this. But some of you, today might be the day where you're like, you know what? I want eternal life. And I'm going to give you some examples of that in just a minute as I close. On the back of the card, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd look back, I'd love for you to write down, maybe it's a prayer, this is what I want to see God do. What do you want to see God do for the next 10 years? Ask him for that and write that on the back. And later on, as we close out and we begin our worship time, there's two boxes. There's one up here, there's one over there, there's four. There's another one back here and then there's one over there by the, the, by the pillar. And as we begin, I want you to just go ahead and you can start writing down, what, what are you going to hold on to and bring? And on the back, What do you want to ask God to do in our new home? And let's fill these out, and you'll stick them in those boxes when we do worship. Okay, now let me close. Paul says that I did all of these things, and Jesus did all this in me, so that through me he might give his unlimited patience, so that if anyone might believe in him, they would receive eternal life. Can I just tell you guys... um, 
My favorite thing this week was I spent literally hours just reading through all the cards you, you, you handed in last week. Unbelievable. It was such a joy to read these things. And I just wanted to, I had to confess to our staff because I think sometimes I can get caught up in what's not working or the things that are hard and all this kind of stuff and I forget that God's actually doing stuff and oh my goodness, hundreds and hundreds of cards come in. I just, can I just read you a few? Anybody want to hear what God's doing here at K2? Because here's, here's why we're here. And this is what God's up to. And he started and he's not finished yet. Let me just read you a few. Here's one. So the question, if you remember last week, was what's one thing that God has done for you? Here at K2. Lots of gold nuggets of truth. He showed me miracles here. And lives that I love at K2 have changed. I feel home here. I'm myself here. My experiences are so many that my heart is indebted to God in K2. And then in capital letters, we are a family here. And me being a felon, a drug addict, and a sinner, but feeling welcomed and loved. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, man, you can celebrate this, man. See, that's just Paul right there, right? That's someone else experiencing the same grace that Paul gave. Here's another one. I love this one. Ten years ago, I was able to watch the news of cast about K2. My, my heart was telling me I need to be here. As years flew by, I would drive by the church. But it wasn't till this past summer, throughout my work week, I would drive on 2100 South. And then I would be stopped by the tracks. It seemed like every time. <laughs> I would drive by and I would have to get stopped. So the first day I attended, I was broken I cried in the service, and I knew I had arrived home to Christ. And then they say, thank you, K2, for accepting me. I may be broken, covered in my shame, but through K2, Christ is making me new. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it's so cool. K2 has healed my broken, beaten-down soul. I have learned what it means to have a true relationship with my Savior. I've learned forgiveness, love, faith, and peace. My biological father hasn't been around, and I held on to fear and hate for so long, and I've been able to let it go, lay it at the cross, and know that I have a father in heaven who loves me more than I could ever imagine. It's so sweet. K2 enabled me to really come to know a life with Christ, gave me fellowship and a chance to serve. I came here for the first time broken. Do you guys notice the theme here? Broken, broken, broken. I came here broken for the first time with really no interest in pursuing God. And Christ through K2 changed that. That's you guys. I love this. God has brought me closer to him through this church. I have peace in my life knowing he is always with me despite my past and the mistakes I've made. Hear that. Some of you today, you've got mistakes in your past. And you needed to know, I tried running away from him. I tried hiding from him. But he came running after me and he pulled me back to him. Praise God. That peace is for every one of you. K2 brought me to Jesus in a deep faith. I surrendered my life to Christ at K2, and I placed my seed on the pew, and I was baptized November 30th, 2014. My life has been transformed, and I can do all things through him. I'm filled with wonder and love and peace. I went through, uh, when I thought all was lost, listen, when I thought all was lost and there was no hope, Jesus came and his light shone through my entire life. Listen, it gave me hope, saved my soul, saved my marriage, 
and change the life of my entire family. Sweet. The Salt Lake City mission has turned me on to K2 the church. I love the way the message is taught to us, and it has been a place to meet God in an exciting way that I didn't know existed in church. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah, and this was, I love this one. I grew up in a church, and I've always, been, I've always known Jesus' love. My church background has been pretty conservative, so being a part of K2 has been a process. <laughs> it's been a process of Jesus breaking down barriers of how worship should sound, how ministers should look. I don't know what they mean by that. But. And, who, and listen to this, breaking my barriers of who and how we should love in order to be like Christ. I'm not who I was, and I praise God for it. So cool. K2 changed me from being a bitter, disenfranchised man who had lost his faith in God's love to one owing to knowing that he loves me and that he wants me, and I'm pouring my life into ministry, serving Jesus with all I am. My heart is his. God has placed, helped me to find my purpose through the staff at K2. I've never served before, and now I can't imagine not serving. Who would have thought that helping people feel welcome could apply to church? <laughs> Isn't that great? So cool. And you guys, this one's so profound. What happened to you at K2? Listen to this one. A kind soul invited me to sit next to him instead of sitting alone. Don't forget that one. Don't forget that one that every week new people come into this place. Be that kind soul. Be the kind soul to the broken person whose heart has been hurt, whose marriage has fallen apart, who can't find peace, and they come here every week, and let's be the kind soul that sits next to them. Last one. I'm here because of a coworker and her smile that she would bring to work. I asked her, how could I have that? And she brought me to K2, and I've been here ever since. And then she drew a smiley face. So, <laughs> K2 has shown me a light. This is something I've never felt, and I don't want to lose that. I love K2. I've never felt more love from the Lord than I do here. You guys, can we give Jesus Christ a round of applause for what he's been doing and changing people's lives? So as our band comes up and we begin to do our final opportunity to worship him here, um, this first song that they're going to play, I heard this a couple years ago, and I, I, it, is, it, it might be the number one on my playlist at home. It's a song that I, I use to inspire me for every day. And all it's simply going to say is, God, would you keep pouring your love, your love into my heart so that your love can come through us and go out into the world? You guys, make this our prayer. Jesus saves us so he can work through us to save others. He redeems our lives so we can be involved in redeeming. And I, what I love is I can't believe what God has done in 10 years. It is, it, is, it is beyond me. And every time I think that, this last week, I feel like God comes right back and he just simply says, and I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. He is just beginning. So as they lead us in this song, Please, at any moment, come up and put your cards of what, what is it you're going to hold on to? What is it you want to see Jesus happen? And we're going to pack those up in these boxes too, right? And we're going to take them into our new place. We're going to take your dreams and your heart and your commitment to make sure that his love shines through us to this world. Let's do it together.